Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. It's quite a morning. Quite a morning. I have a candle in my room. We always have something we're praying about. And uh, when you're old, you get up in the middle of the night and, and there's, we have this candle and that candle reminds you what you're, what you're praying about overnight. And uh, of course, last night, it was praying about Sunday morning in the Ukraine and praying about Sunday morning in Russia where mothers and fathers of soldiers went to their Russian Orthodox churches and their Russian Baptist churches and their Ukraine Orthodox churches and their other churches and all prayed the same God under the name Christ by virtue of the Holy Spirit for the safety of their their children. I have a modest proposal for peace. And it would be that the people who claim to know Jesus would not kill each other. It's a modest proposal. But it would do us some good. Last week and today, I'm preaching a little bit on discipleship. We're not playing like all of these things in the world aren't going on, but it is by virtue of our freedom in Jesus Christ and the blessings he has given us now that we can talk about our discipleship, even as those in difficult places practice theirs in difficult circumstances. Jesus was teaching his disciples in the Gospel of Mark. And uh, as he was teaching them in the Gospel of Mark, Mark records in Mark chapter 8, and I'm basically going to give you a long introduction to our reading for the day, and after the reading for the day, the sermon will be open, pretty much. But in Mark chapter 8, uh, Mark tells us, and it's almost like he's preaching us a little sermon. He said in Mark chapter 8, Jesus and his disciples were out in a, a, a remote place and a crowd had followed them out there and out there for three days and they'd had nothing to eat and they were getting hungry and Jesus has compassion on them. That word compassion is a great word. It's called splunkna, splunkna. And it means your innards. Your splunkna. Jesus has compassion. And he's not intellectual compassion. He feels it in his body, the plight of the people. And so he asks, uh, do we have any bread? And uh, they sit down and, and they have seven loaves of bread. And, and there are a few fish. And soon Jesus is feeding 4,000. And there are crumbs and bits left over so that 
It takes seven baskets, two-person baskets, one on one end and one on the other, seven baskets just to pick up all the pieces. Later, all of that is over and the disciples are in a boat and they're heading across the Sea of Galilee and, and some of the disciples notice that they only brought one loaf of bread. And now it's going to be difficult with all of them there in the boat and only one loaf of bread. What if somebody gets hungry and needs a snack? So they're talking about how desperate this could get with, you know, 13, 14, 15, I don't know how many guys in the boat. And Jesus hears them talking. He goes, you guys don't understand about the loaves, do you? And they kind of, he said, when we fed the 5,000, how many baskets were left? And I can kind of see them like this, 12, sir. And when we just fed the 4,000, just did it, just finished, how many baskets were left? Seven, sir. It's almost like he says, don't you know who you're with? Don't you connect the dots about the Jesus in ministry over there and the Jesus who is sitting right next to you now? Don't you see me? Well, they get off the boat and there's a blind man and Jesus stops and, and touches him. And after Jesus touches him, the blind man, well, he doesn't see all that well. Jesus says, so what do you see? He says, well, I see uh, folks, but I see them kind of like trees. Imagine some of them look like shrubs, and some of them look like pines. Some of them, their bark was worse than their bite. Um, but it's interesting that the Jesus who could heal the leper, raise the crippled man, he touches this man, and the man does not see well. And Jesus touches him again, and then the man can see perfectly. And, and this is then the 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 action parable, the acted out parable that sometimes people are with Jesus and they're with him and they, they get a little bit of clarity. But like the blind man, they need to be touched again. Well, pretty quickly, the, the scene moves and Jesus is with his disciples at Caesarea Philippi, which is north of the Sea of Galilee. It's up in the foothills of Mount Hermon. It's beautiful. There's a trout stream up there. The spring comes out of the rock, and there are trout even today in that stream. It's where I'd want to go to get away. And there Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, you know, some people say Elijah, some people John the Baptist, some people, one of the prophets. And, well, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And, and Peter jumps in and says, you're the Christ. Christ. Jesus says, that's right. And the Son of Man must go 
go to Jerusalem, be turned over, tried, crucified, and then rise from the dead. And Peter goes, oh, no, 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 no. Nope, 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 nope. Don't say that. Don't say that the Christ of God, the Messiah, the fulfillment of all the promises, of all the Old Testament promises, that the fulfillment of all that is a Christ that goes to a cross and a tomb and raised from the dead, whatever that means. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because anyone who comes after me must take up his own cross and follow me. The one who tries to save his own life will lose it. The one who loses his life for my sake will save it. Hmm. Later, and this is where we'll begin our reading of our text. Later in John chapter 10, Jesus and the disciples are walking along. And as they're walking along, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. Those places belong to those for whom they've been prepared. Then the ten heard about this, and they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Who do they think Jesus is? Peter thinks Jesus is somebody who can't go to a cross. Uh, James and John think Jesus is somebody who can distribute favors and authorities, honors. And if they get near him, then some of that will slop over on them. They want to be at his right and at his left when he comes in his kingdom. And Jesus says to them, you're not seeing me. To Peter, he says, you're not seeing me as one who will go to the cross. You're not seeing me as the sacrifice of the world. You're not seeing me. And to James and John, he says, 
You're not seeing me. I've not come. Have you seen me coming to be served? Have you seen me doing that? Have you seen me sitting on any thrones lately? You're saying you want to be at my right and my left. Have you seen me on any thrones? You see me auditioning for that part? Really? Peter and James and John are like the blind man after the first touch. They see Jesus, but they see him sort of like a tree. They see his movement. They see his shadow. They know he's there. They don't really see him. They'll see him better later. And for James and John, some of the things they've asked will actually come true. James will be first, the first killed for the faith by Herod's soldiers. And John will be last. He will be the last apostle. But they're not seeing Jesus. In, in many ways, they need Jesus to touch them again. So as we turn this now and talk to us, just for a moment, the problem is, is that when we come to Jesus, we are touched to Jesus, we are, we are immature in Christ, we are beginners, we are babies, we're not born full-grown, although I know a two-year-old who thinks he is. His name's Jonah. And a whale wouldn't keep him down long either. But as we are growing in our Christian life, we, we come to places where we are growing in Christ, but what we need is to see Jesus more clearly because at some point, Jesus begins to look like a Jesus we heard about when we were a kid or, or Jesus is the way Jesus looked to us refracted through the lives of our mom or dad and there was some imperfection in that, that, that Jesus is, is somehow like like the politics of our day, or Jesus is like the economics of our day, that Jesus is a new this or a new that. Jesus is the one who's going to make us rich and powerful and pretty. And what we find is that we've turned Jesus into a reflection of the idols of our age, and if we're not careful, most into the reflection we see in the mirror. We don't want to serve Jesus, the idol of America. We don't want to serve Jesus, the idol of Russia. We don't want to serve Jesus, the idol of Google or Amazon. We would love to serve Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. We would love to serve Jesus, the one who did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. We would love to serve the Jesus who went to the cross and was buried and was raised. So as we close our service today, 
and close it with an invitation. Lord Jesus, in some way, touch us again. In some way, by our contact with the Word or our engagement with our Christian friends or something in our family or a circumstance around us, touch us again. Help us see Jesus. Touch us. Again. Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. For on the holy cross hast thou the world from sin delivered. Christ, we do all adore thee, and we do praise thee forever. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.